This message was recorded at the Creation Call Conference, Churches Facing the Environmental Crisis. Creation Call is an apostolic initiative of Christ Central. Christ Central is a family of churches served by an apostolic team led by Jeremy Simpkins. We work with over 275 churches in more than 25 nations and are part of the wider New Frontiers family. For more details about Christ Central, please visit ChristCentralChurches.org. Hi everyone, it's so good to be joining in this event today, even if it is via recorded video. I'm so sad I can't be there live. But I am Kenny, I have the privilege of leading the teams at both Origin and Collective. Origin is our community farm, and then Collective is our church community. And that church community gathers in various locations, gathering across the north um, of Ireland. I'm so pleased to be able to have this opportunity to share a little of our journey at Origin and Collective Church and how our community has been reacting to the challenge of climate change. Now, in thinking through how best to do this, I thought it would be smart to maybe show you around Origin, get a really fast tour, so that as I share, you can visualize a little bit better what it all looks like in action. Now, it's the middle of winter, and it's really cold outside. It's in Ireland, probably raining. But anyway, I thought it would still be good for you to have a little bit of a, a, an insight into what it looks like. I'll throw up some photos from different seasons throughout the year so you see what it looks like um, um, right the way through the year and a bit of an insight into what we're doing. So let's go and take a look right now. Okay, this is our first stop. This is our main meeting and gathering space. This will be where our volunteers come to hang out to have lunch together. It's our coffee bar, so we have an espresso machine. Great coffee, we love our coffee here. Um, so we would have healthy kind of cooking and kind of um, classes and courses running in here. We have dinner clubs, we have loads of different workshops and um, doing lots of different things. And it's also the space that we use when our collective communities get together when they meet in one central space. So we all pack into this room and just enjoy a meeting here. And yeah, it's just a great space. So onwards to the next one. So I'm now taking you into Serenity. It's one of our polytunnels. This one again is a space that we use for meeting and for gathering um, for workshops throughout the year. It, we use it all year round because it is lovely and warm in here. We also have a pizza oven. Um, so when we're um, harvesting from outside all of our new freshly kind of grown vegetables, we're also making pizzas. And it's just a, a wonderful space. And we keep this specifically as a meeting space um, because um, a lot of what Origin is about is community and getting people together. So this space has just been wonderful for us. Um, we have three other polytunnels, two for growing, um, one we use and then for seeds. Origin is a completely um, organic closed loop permaculture system. Um, and we produce all of our own compost and we use only natural weed control um, methods. And we use um, our rescue animals um, for pest control um, as well. Um, a lot of this permaculture system takes a long time to get up and going. But with a bit of patience, once it's up and going, it is absolutely fantastic and transformational to how you grow vegetables. 
So we have a number of wildlife spaces like this one that we allow just to sit like this. Um, this is um, where we allow native trees and um, fruit trees to grow uh, along with wildflowers plus there's a pond just over behind me. Um, th this is a space that is a protected biodiversity space. We, we felt this is really really important. It kind of fuels everything else we do because everything, all the species that live in this space and a couple of other ones that we have around the site, all of them then go out across um, our fields, go into our polytunnels and all that kind of stuff and they do all our pest control for us and they, they pollinate. Um, it's just a fantastic space to have, one for the workings of a, a community farm but also just from biodiversity and our environment. These kind of protected spaces are so important. It's one of my favourite places because it's just so wild and so natural. Let me show you Genesis. This is our seed polytunnel. This is pretty much where everything on site starts life and um, it all gets potted up in here. Vegetables, flowers, um, fruits, all that kind of stuff starts in here. So as you can see right now there's some stuff around but within a few weeks this place will be absolutely covered um, in things being grown. Seed trays from um, the very bottom to the very top we stack them on shelves and yeah once all those things are ready they're all kind of grown in here and um, it's lovely and warm then they go out into our vegetable fields so let me take you and show you that space now. Right, welcome to the probably the heart of origin, our vegetable growing fields. This is where a lot of our cooperative kind of team life um, takes place. And um, we operate a no dig system. So right now all of the liner is down. That's basically mulching the soil down. Then we put cardboard, compost, and just layers of natural fertilizer. I'm using our animals and things like that there. And um, for all of that. And it's a wonderful system once it's up and going. Um, but right now, we're producing enough food for all of our cooperative members, which is loads and loads of um, volunteers. So everyone gets food out of that. Plus, we provide weekly veg boxes to 15 refugee um, uh, families. Um, and then on top of that, with referrals from local GPs and social services, we will drop off more veg boxes to people locally around the area that are just in need of fresh um, food. Um, so yeah, it's a, a bustling space right now. It's covered, but come back in a couple of weeks or about a month and a half, I'd say. All of the stuff that was from Genesis, that polytunnel, will have come out and will be filling um, these beds. And yeah, there's an absolute abundance of vegetables that comes from the space. One of the most important things for us is that it's not all just seen as being kind of like work. So in the fields, weeding, kind of um, planting things and kind of like with shovels all the time, that there's a real balance here. We love to work together, but we also love to really enjoy nature. So this space that I'm walking through at the moment is um, filled with apple trees. This will be a, an orchard when it's all kind of established and growing. There's a wildflower kind of area. We have a pond over behind us um, and it leads us down to a shed that we have. Um, that is a, a space we just called our well-being shed. It's where we keep things quiet. There's a, a running stream, kind of little river behind it and it's beautiful. It's just a space where we don't do technology and um, where a lot of our team kind of gather just and um, put on the fire pit and sit late at night after we've been kind of working together or just hanging out and it's just a, a beautiful space um, here. Um, it's, it's always super quiet. It's away from everything. Yeah, and it's just one of those very special places on site where you usually find people sitting with a, a cup of tea, a cup of coffee um, and just sitting and listening to birds, watching kind of the bees and things all around this area. Yeah, or sometimes <laughs> picking some fruit from the trees um, and just sitting and enjoying that as well. So yeah, we love this space. 
right in front of the well-being calf shed and that this whole area is a 12 acre field this is where we dream about the future of origin the expansion of origin going into it's currently not ours but the the farmer that owns it doesn't use it and it's available for us if we can raise the resources um, to move into that space we're pretty much a capacity with the rest of origin right the way across this we have used almost every inch of ground but we're really dreaming about being able to forest parts of it put in some retreat pods so people can come and spend time here more vegetable fields um, obviously out there and it just gives us more space to do loads of different things so yeah you want to be praying for us pray for the expansion and, and moving into that and for the the financial kind of resources to make that happen because yeah it's beautiful that's the sparrow mountains um, over behind me and it's just it's a beautiful um, space we'd love to have yeah so that's a good um, spot to stop our tour and to head back inside so that I can maybe explain a little bit about why we do this. What on earth brought us to the point that we would be running a community farm, growing all this stuff, gathering all these people. Yeah, what, what's fueling all of this? So let's head back inside and chat. There you go. That's a bit of a tour of origin. So probably best now to get stuck into all the questions that usually follow when we do this kind of thing, which is why did you start a community farm? Um, what came first, Origin or Collective? Is Origin a project of Collective? So let me go through and explain a lot of this. I guess Origin came first, kind of. Our journey starts around 2014 and all of this. It was myself, my wife Victoria, and a few friends. We've been involved in leading a church community for quite a few years, but I was becoming really frustrated with how limited our impact was on our local neighborhoods. We seem to be really excellent at gathering people, excellent at that Sunday experience, but then really extremely poor at impacting issues like poverty, sectarian divides, racism, and environmental decay, and that list kept going on. We seem to be 100% stuck in the mentality of the church as a building. So like any good leader does, I tried adding new projects to our church, tried to get people motivated to go through wonderful sermons, but it just seemed like what everyone wanted was for us to give someone the job, then to throw some money at the issue and hope that that will solve it. To say that I was pretty much disillusioned by this would be an understatement. Um, it eventually brought me to a place where I stepped back from leadership. Now, I wanna be clear, don't get me wrong in this. I love the church deeply. I believe in the healing and transformational power of the church. I resonate completely with the mission of Jesus as he sets out, this is like the, the Sermon on the Mount, I'm in. We weren't walking away. It felt like we were starting a new mission. We sat down as friends and we decided, let's build something that's going to make a difference. So origin started. Our aim was pretty simple create a beautiful biodiverse space to model new ways of caring for our environment, provide space for well-being for people, and build genuine welcoming community. It definitely wouldn't be a church project. It was gonna be a bunch of friends who were also seeking to be disciples, simply living out our faith, following Jesus. So that's how it started. Origin at this stage had been gifted um, the three acre piece of land that you, you see. It was a complete mess, but we were also quite excited by the challenge of this. So Origin began with a few chickens, a couple of really small veg beds, a team who were committed to the long-term work of restoring this land. We settled into a rhythm then of loving our local community and loving our environment. 
and Origin grew. Loads of new people joined, lots of different backgrounds. It was awesome. And I suppose out of that space of celebrating that and the recognition that God was building something, and we still had that vision to see more church communities planted, we decided then to establish Collective Church. It was to be a church community that would eat together, pray together, worship together, learn the, the ways of Jesus together, and really embrace a, a way of seeing everything as sacred. That um, Collective Church has now grown to be a, a network of microchurch communities where we establish small church communities in various towns and villages across the north of Northern Ireland. Each of those groups is then focused on joining God's mission in their local area. It's hyper-local. It's all about seeing the renewal of people's lives and the environment around them where they are. So, for example, the group in this area, Balamoney or Finvoy, joined the team at Origin here as our way of serving our local community. Other groups in other towns and villages either start something brand new um, or serve their community um, and joining something um, awesome that's already happening locally. Our love for Jesus and then our firm belief in the ways that he has taught us to live have deeply shaped our community. They've fueled our passion to join God in this radical mission and it's been so exciting to be part of that journey. Through the years, Origin has continued to grow it's had a genuine impact on our local community and our care for creation. We have worked as a cooperative team to transform the space from an overgrown mess filled with chemical spills, poor soil quality, into a beautiful space filled with an ever-increasing number of wildlife species, transformed the soil quality so that we can now grow loads of food each year, and we've become a place of learning where we can share our expertise with others so we can together transform more and more of the environment around us back into the way God intended for, it, um, for us to steward and care for it. So speaking of being stewards, to answer the question, why did we start Origin Community Farm? Well, because we were completely convinced uh, as that it's the very way of Jesus. In Genesis 1.31, we see God love the world into being it, pronouncing it very good. And then what's he do? He entrusts it to our care. You see, I think there's been a bit of an issue here for many Christians. I feel as, as we've read things like Genesis 1.26, we've done a really poor job of explaining the concept of dominion. And so many people have understood that word and interpreted it as divine permission for humanity to dominate, with the result being our planet and the life on it being abused and destroyed. We have some work to do to model and to teach dominion as loving the world as God loves it. Like in Genesis 2.15, where we receive a second charge to till and keep the garden, expressing maybe more clearly our primary vocation to be a blessing to God's creation. The concept of stewardship reminds us that we are here to serve the Lord of life, not ourselves. And that our task is to safeguard earth rather than to ransack and plunder it. We've talked about this so often as a community. And for many, the feedback was that our modern understanding of the word steward can sound weak and a bit passive. And many have shared how it has led them to thinking our responsibility is limited to recycling the occasional can or switching to paper straws. Both good things, but limited. I've loved it as our community has grappled to find contextual terms to refer to as Romans 8, 19 to 22 puts it, the children of God that creation has been eagerly awaiting. One suggested way was as spiritual warriors engaged in sacred activism. I really love that. Through our journey, we have witnessed the strange disconnection that many Christians have from nature. 
we've had a really dualistic way of seeing God being up there while we are down here. When we embrace a vision of God as here and down here and in others and within ourselves and at the same time, everything begins to change. And taking this view, we start to see all things as sacred. One of the ways we can tangibly see this sacred connection at work is through things like Origin working closely with local GP surgeries and social services team to welcome anybody who would benefit from time spent in nature. This might be getting your hands stuck into some soil as you grow your own food. It might be learning to cook great, healthy food. For many people, it's, it's a need for rest and safety as they deal with some really difficult circumstances in their lives. We have story after story of people struggling with their mental health, knowing transformation as they simply get involved at Origin. We have team members who joined as they were actually contemplating suicide and now knowing healing and health as they become part of our community. How have we as Christians then missed the healing powers of nature? How have we become so disconnected from the sacred in all things? The power of our beautiful planet to teach us, to heal us, to connect us to the sacred creator. How has this disconnection hindered us from leading the way in addressing climate change? As we read through the gospel, we see Jesus living in a close relationship with the natural world. We find him walking along the seashore, up the mountains, and taking boats out onto the lake, spending weeks alone in the wilderness in prayer. His parables and his stories are absolutely jam-packed with natural images. Sheep, seeds, sparrows, lilies, water, fire, weeds, vines, rocks. It's just packed with them. What would it look like to reclaim the kind of intimacy with the natural world that Jesus knew? To know as he did that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament knows God's handiwork, Psalm 19.1. One thing we've tried to do as a collective church community to remind ourselves of this is to get our gatherings out into nature, especially over the spring and summer months. We regularly move our gatherings out of the building into nature. We sometimes go for a walk through forests around lakes. We stop partway around for a picnic or our Eucharist meal as we call it and we have discussions around scripture. It's simple and it is powerful. We've allowed our faith to be contained by church buildings with so much of what we see as sacred contained within that Sunday meeting. It's time to let our faith out of the building. It's time to, to reorientate our churches to see all of life as sacred, to see every aspect of our natural environment as sacred, and to challenge ourselves to be leaders in caring for it. To those of us who are church leaders, it's our responsibility to create the conditions for that kind of spiritual awakening. To create spaces where we are all invited to take hold of our deepest convictions and together ask ourselves things like, what do I truly value? What is love calling me to do? What is my moral responsibility to future generations? Am I willing to settle for a way of life that is destroying the web of life that God entrusted to our care? Am I ready to imagine a better future and to join with other people who are fighting for a just and habitable world? This isn't a climate change discussion. This is the very call of the gospel. These are difficult but essential questions that all of us must face individually and also together. In Luke 19.44, we see Jesus wept over Jerusalem because the city did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. Are we willing to recognize that we too live in a time like this? 
It's a holy moment, a moment of truth, a moment of reckoning. The call to each of us here today is to step through whatever fears have been holding us back and to take up our pastoral, our prophetic vocation to preach gospel hope in a time of unprecedented human emergency. The life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ affected and redeemed not only human beings but the whole of creation. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. John 1, 3. As we begin to relinquish a a narrowly anthropocentric, us-focused understanding of the gospel, we realise that all of creation participates in this salvation story. Our search to create a more just and habitable world and to live more gently on the earth is how we share in the supreme work of Jesus Christ, who reconciles us to God, to one another and to God's whole creation. This is a call to fearlessness, to rediscovering the radical mission of Jesus. You know, in those early centuries of the church, Christians were called those who have no fear of death. That inner fearlessness, rooted in the love of God, empowered the early Christians to resist unjust powers that be. Early on, they were charged with turning the world upside down, Acts 17.6, and acting contrary to the decrees of the emperor, Acts 17.7. Their inner liberation gave them a courage to resist the forces of death and destruction and to obey God rather than any human authority, Acts 5.29. Why am I saying all this? Why does this even matter? Well, I think sometimes we get trapped in systems of individualism and consumerism. It can lead us to changing straws, buying an electric car, installing some solar panels, patting ourselves on the back and thinking, job done. My part in addressing climate change is now done. But when we grasp the deeper, radical message that this is the gospel, we do all those things and keep going deeper. We become aware of how we can be so individualistic in how we get things we want at the expense of the environment or human life somewhere else on our planet. We recognize that we are trapped in systems which cause suffering and pain. So we join with others and we collectively say no to that evil. Fast fashion, how we produce our energy, e-waste caused by our rampant desire for the next new thing, deforestation, this list goes on and on, it's heartbreaking. All the impacts of this, food insecurity for many around our world, biodiversity and species loss, poverty and displacement for entire people groups. You know, we're called to love our neighbours. The extreme seas, droughts, extreme storms that have been amplified by climate change are already harming those innumerable neighbours. Our neighbours likewise include future generations who depend on us to leave them a habitable world and also the other than human creatures with whom we share this planet. God forged an everlasting covenant not only with human beings but also every living creature, Genesis 9. They too are neighbours we are summoned to love. So, how might our churches be turned upside down and inside out if we live this out with fearlessness in all the ways that Jesus taught us? If those in our churches truly recognise their mandate and their mission to care for and to steward our beautiful world, we could transform this place, end this crisis, save millions from the effects of this climate crisis. For us involved in Origin and Collective, these discussions go on constantly. They are part of the very mission that God has called us to. 
It's transformed how we as individuals choose to live. Travel decisions, energy efficiency, clothes buying decisions, car buying, recycling, etc. It's also given us opportunities to collectively respond. We make bulk purchases of ethical clothing together. We centrally compost all of our food waste. We car share, we food share. We choose to have plant-based food at all of our gatherings. We teach each other how to cook healthy meals. And that list goes on and on and on. It's transformed how we think but what it means to be those that are loving our community, but also how we live as disciples part of a church community. None of this is done from duty or some kind of token response, but it's from a deep place of faith and love for God, our community and our planet. It's what happens when we recognize the root issues and speak the gospel to them, allowing disciples to come alive to what God is already doing, rather than taking on projects or ministries out of guilt and fear. I can also tell you one thing that definitely won't work. The answer is definitely not to copy Origin or Collective. We're just jumping on board with God's mission right here in our wee part of Ireland. The way we begin to answer this crisis of climate change is for your church to ask some deep questions. What do we truly value? How is love calling us to respond? Are we ready to join with God to imagine a better future and to join with other people who are fighting for a just and habitable world? My deep prayer is that through examples and discussions today, we are challenged to examine how we as the church can become examples of how we live in harmony with our planet, how we can recognize how we are trapped in our consumeristic system, which is damaging our environment, how we feel to see the inequality, poverty and suffering that we have caused. You know, if we care about loving God and our neighbor, then we also care about our planet. I can't wait to hear your stories of sacred activism. Let's remember, we can do more together than we can apart. Let's mobilize. Let's join with God on this incredible mission of renewal. Thank you everyone for having me. God bless and loads of love from everyone here at Origin and Collective.